there's been a lot of growth in a short amount of time. And each of those little arms on that org chart represents a lot of hard work and a lot of intentionality. And I think we should be proud of that. And I think that we, you know, we've got nowhere to go but up here and I'm excited. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us, you the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together, and it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo, and this is The Future of Work. In this episode, we catch up with Salvatrice Kumo at work with her partner in crime, Leslie Thompson, who is the Director of Operations in the Offices of Economic and Workforce Development on the Pasadena City College campus. They are going to catch us up on the inner workings of the program, its initiatives, and all things future of work. Here is Salvatrice and Leslie. Welcome back, listener. Today, we have a very special guest with us. It is our Director of Operations for Economic and Workforce Development. We thought that it might be really kind of cool to give you an insider's perspective on the work of workforce development and really kind of what it takes and trials and tribulations and all the good stuff in between. Help me welcome Leslie. Leslie, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. How are you feeling? I feel great. I got to come into the office today. We're on campus. So this is super convenient for me. Thanks. You're welcome. We are social distancing. Please share that. We are actually in different (laughs) offices. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much. This is going to be a great episode because, again, we never really talk about kind of like the internal stuff that happens and really kind of what it takes behind the scenes to get some of this work done. And you are at the front line of all of it. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Again, Leslie's our Director of Operations for Economic and Workforce Development. We are social distancing, by the way. We are here present on campus, but taking precautions as we conduct this podcast. So thank you for joining us today, Leslie. You're welcome. I'm happy to be at work. (laughs) Well, that's good news. (laughs) Yes, well. (laughs) That's always a plus. Yes. It's nice. We We come into campus a couple days a week, and it's always nice to be here, so... That's right. Yep. See some other faces, right? Yep, for sure. Well, thanks. You know, I, you know, we've, as you know, Leslie, you know, we started this podcast to, to get folks talking about future of work and what does it look like? How do we best prepare? How are we connecting the dots with our community, 
our legislators, academia, you know, it's, it's really broad and we all play a role in the future of work in this discussion. But you and I have some history here. You know, we started off at this somewhat at the same time, give or take a few months. So if you could share with our listener what your role is here. Sure. My role is to oversee the design and implementation of EWD programming across pillars. Uh, For example, when I first onboarded in July of 2018, my first project was to get our work-based learning program up and running, and that was our first pillar outside of SBDC. I did that for a few months before moving on to the Robert G. Freeman Center for Career and Completion, which was the next big project, which I can talk about later. That certainly was a huge project, right? Like the Robert G. Freeman Center for Career and Completion was was one of our big wins, right? It was yeah. one of our biggest projects that we kind of took the bull by the horns and and tried to come up with a model that merged both the instructional side of the house and student services side of the house. And work-based learning was one of them. Like, do you recall when we were we were part of this work-based learning pilot for the state? Yes. And we, you know, we were both kind of just like, well, what, what's this all about? Like, how do we? That's my favorite part, actually, is that we were both relatively new to a lot of the, the programming that we were trying to implement. And mm-hmm. we were learning together and we were building together. And work-based learning was a perfect example. I had no idea uh, when I first came over what that was going to entail, but it, it was a lot of research. It was a lot of uh, listening in. It was a lot of, I did a lot of interviewing of different people and, and kind of a crash course in work-based learning. And uh, we did a lot of that together. The Robert G. Freeman Center for Career and Completion Project was super exciting because it involved my favorite, construction. I just I just like going into the empty space. I liked working with the architects. I liked going to the showroom for furniture. I mean, we had a lot of fun with that. It was a huge project. But not only was it a huge project from just like a logistics standpoint, there was also a lot of new programming for us to learn in that we were both new to kind of the career services space. Like we both have a business background, right? It was a, it was a lot of learning. It was very exciting. Yeah. And not only just building the space, right? Like we were building program and, and building our teams. And I think I mean, for us, I mean, this was really kind of monumental in the design, the fundamental design of of community colleges, right? Like typical, or typically, I should say, career centers are housed under uh, student services, right? It's a natural fit. Right. Where we, you know, we, this college took a, took a bold move, a move and a risk that worked and it continues to work is that, you know, our career centers under the, the umbrella of economic and workforce development. And it was, I feel like it was one of our boldest moves, but it really, for me, I don't know if you feel the same, but for me, it like really set the tone for the trajectory and the momentum of building EWD here at PCC. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the whole process of actually building out a space provides us with like a tangible example of what it means and what it needs, what it takes to actually build something. Like we're building things we can't always see. But that was a, a tangible example of something we could see. So I think as, as a first project, a first big project, it was a great experience because it, it caused us to work across campus, different areas. It involved, you know, facilities. It involved IT. It involved an architect. It involved a contractor. It was a really good example of what we need to do to get any initiative off the ground 
in terms of working across campus, in terms of working with outside entities, in terms of learning new things as we go was a good, it was a great learning experience and totally set the tone. It did and spearheaded like other engagements, right? Like, you know, we built business intermediaries and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think for me, it was really a stepping stone to connecting to the community. It was a first step to connecting to the community. And that's really key to what we do. I mean, we're, we, we are to build that connectivity and close communication gaps and partnership gaps with our business entities out there. And, you know, this was like the first step, but then, you know, the foundation was great. The foundation was another entity in which, you know, helped us raise funds. Their board is, has a vested interest in economic and workforce development and preparing our students for the workforce. I mean, I really appreciate you like setting the starting that conversation here because it, it you're right. It was like the first win, if you say, you know, or a stepping stone into building what we have now today. It also too helps us kind of create more of a narrative around the purpose and the value of EWD as a whole, right? Like connecting the dots to the community sure, college mission. Sure. The grand opening, like talk about engaging with the community and bringing it all together in like a one big event to put a bow on it. Like that was kind of a big deal too. The grand opening was also another way for us to connect to that community. I mean, it was a way for us to bring in all the three areas that we work with, academia, policy, and business. Looking back, you know, you do a lot of reflecting, right? <laughs> um, I could be better at it, but okay. that's one way of putting it. Okay. <laughs> what, like, what are some lessons learned? Like, I, you know, you're really great at like showing me, Hey, let's pause here for a second. We've got some wins. We've got some lessons learned. We've got, you know, things to really pay attention to, but let's talk about growth. Like how did we grow in this like sure. short period of time? Sure. I think. I'm going to use this example um, from just yesterday, if you, if you recall yesterday, we were looking at the org chart and we've been trying to kind of work on that for a couple of days now. Mm -hmm. And if you think about like where we were when we started in 2018 to where we are now, just on that one chart alone, how much growth we've had, like that in and of itself speaks to our, our wins. Like we're growing, we're taking things on. We started, when we first started this, it was, uh, we just had the the grants, right? We had... Perkins and strong workforce grant stuff going on. We started doing work-based learning. Then we did, we took over the career center and uh, went through a renaming process and a building process. We had the small business development center, SBDC, right? And now we have PCC extension. We're working, building out work, uh, workforce training. So there, there's been a lot of growth in a short amount of time. And each of those little arms on that org chart represents a lot of hard work and a lot of intentionality. And I think we should be proud of that. And I think that we, you know, we, we've got nowhere to go but up here and I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Okay, so I'm going to test you now, partner. Oh, dear. <laughs> what is our intention? What are our intentions? Maybe they think we have plans for world domination, but I think it's a little, <laughs> I think it's a little simpler and a little less sinister if you ask me. I think that at the end of the day, we want to put people into jobs, right? Everybody has the same goal. They want to have a good life. They want to have economic and social mobility. And it used to be that you thought you had to go to school for a long time to get that. But we're trying to get folks into the workforce sooner. I think that's, I think that's kind of a less sinister big picture goal than world domination. What do you think? 
I think so too. Although I'm kind of digging the world domination thing too. I'm not going to lie to you. Like low key, we'll talk about that later. Low key, we'll talk about it later. But but you're right. At the end of the day, it's it's about getting folks into jobs. Period. You know, and not only the new talent, the upcoming rising new talent, but also the existing talent that's out there. Right. And now you just spoke about it about you spoke about it just a second ago about the workforce trainings and how we're building that. It's not necessarily new concept. No. Is it new to community college? Absolutely not. But is it new to us as a team here at EWD? Yes, it is, because we're testing things differently. We're it's trying focus this year. It really is. And 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 we're challenging how it's done. And we're trying to be creative in the design process on how to how to create workforce trainings. What does that look like? What are some initial steps? You know, and we can't do it alone. I mean, we had a pilot that we just finished. We did. We had a we had a successful pilot with Pacific Clinics and and we started from scratch there. And that's another win. We did that. We had no idea what we were doing and and like so many things that we've been building, it requires some research, some connections, and just trying stuff. And one of the things I like about working in this division is the ability for us to try things, make mistakes. If it doesn't work, we adapt and move on. Like that's super liberating and makes it really easy to feel confident trying new things, even things we don't know yet. It's, it's all about learning. And I love that. Well, that speaks to the it speaks to the community we serve. You know, this space, this workforce development space, you know, we say it often to each other. It's so fluid, right? Like what, what, what means workforce development to me and us may not be what others perceive as to the definition of the mean of workforce development. But, you know, right. for the ability for us, I mean, you, you hit it, you hit it right on the head. Like, it's like, we have the ability to not only challenge the status quo on how business is normally conducted with workforce trainings, but we have a chance to create, we have a chance to do something different in a way that resonates with our business community in a way that is that, that implementation is easier in a way that, we can be more nimble and flexible to the to the needs of our business community. And it really kind of starts with the conversation. I mean, you brought up Pacific Clinics. Pacific Clinics came from an organic conversation. Do you remember that? Yeah, the roundtable, yeah. We did the healthcare uh, roundtable. It was intentional. We talked about intentionality just a second ago. It was intentional in which, you know, we invited folks to campus, you know, healthcare providers on campus to have a really small, intimate dialogue about what keeps them up at night as an HR executive, as a CEO, as a doctor, as a, you know, you name it, whatever title. Right. We had a number of good people around the table that day. We sure did. We sure did. And it speaks to a couple of things, right? Like, doesn't it speak to our, our community's vested interest in this work? Sure. And we, we had no problem getting folks to attend that. It was, people want to talk to us. And, and I think that's, one of the reasons why it's great that like a department like EWD at a community college is doing this work because we already have the connections to industry. We're already engaged. We're already listening so that we can bring back information to the college uh, around curriculum and instruction and, and what employers are saying they're needing. So we're listening already. We're also listening for what kind of training they need, not just what kind of skills they need from students that are coming out of the institution, but what kind of training they need right now. So that's, that was what was fun about that conversation. It was a dialogue. We had no shortage of folks who wanted to attend. Yep. And from that, the birth of that 
specific workforce training that we customized and developed for them, it, it taught us a lot. In general, a customized approach to servicing our community yields greater impacts and greater rewards because we, we are doing both. We're preparing the new and we're upskilling the existing. That was a good pilot. It was a good pilot. And we had a lot of things happen. If you remember, I mean, we started it pre-COVID pandemic, That's right? right. It, That's right. And so that caused us, a, we had to pivot even our training. We were originally going to do in-person training yep. at their train. They have a training facility here in town. We were going to, and you know, we had this whole thing planned out. Boom, the pandemic hits. Everything changes up. Just like instruction, just like business, just like everybody else had to pivot. We had to pivot too and say, well, we're still going to provide this training for this pilot. But now we have to do it virtually, and so we had to to change things up a little bit. But that didn't slow us down. We were still able to deliver, and we had positive feedback from that experience. And I know I learned a lot about the need to have certain curriculum already prepared, and you know, kind of what it takes to to be totally customizable on the go to meet the the needs of each individual employer, and then maybe you know what it takes to have some kind of already planned curriculum that we can just kind of pull off the shelf and use across uh, businesses. So another another big learning experience and a good experience. For sure. And I think too, you know, we couldn't do it without, I think a lot of the work that we do, Leslie, really speaks to our power partners, both internally and externally. Like when I think about internal power partners, I think of our faculty. I think of our other administrators, you know. Absolutely. We, we've had a lot of luck with that. We've had just the, getting the internship class up when we were working on the work-based learning stuff. If we didn't have our faculty champions, we wouldn't have been able to do it because you and I don't work in instruction. Right. And so that's a good point. Power, partner, power partners is a good way of looking at it. And externally, right? Because EWD is both economic and workforce development is both in, inward facing and outward facing. And we have our internal power partners, but our external outward power partners like our business intermediaries, for example, the San Gabriel Valley Economic Partnership. Let's talk about that. Right. We partner with them. We partner with Innovate Pasadena. Those partnerships are very valuable because they have access to a number of businesses that we can't readily get to. And they have their own network of relationships that, that we can leverage. And, you know, we, we go into an agreement with these folks and we, you know, we have a list of deliverables and, they procure employment opportunities, they procure work-based learning opportunities, internship opportunities, workforce training opportunities, Mm -hmm. um, a number of opportunities for us. So these business intermediaries go out and they're already having these connections and they're leveraging their networks, which are in some cases very vast, and creating partnerships for us uh, and making introductions and connections. Of course, now we take the ball and run with it when we get it, but those business intermediaries are kind of invaluable in, in the work that we do in terms of developing power partnerships. Yeah. Network. I mean, that was keyword right there. Yes, absolutely. They have a built-in network that, um, is already engaged. They've said, they've said yes. Mm-hmm. They're doing it all. They're doing it every day. We really couldn't do that work without them. Each of the pillars has their own, um, outreach efforts and, and business engagement plans. Mm-hmm. And certainly we do too, but the business intermediaries in my view, are invaluable in that regard because they well, do have and they the amplify networks. the work. They right? amplify the work. They have the the bandwidth to to scale up in a way that we don't always have that same bandwidth. So they're they're engaged and ready to go, whereas we have to get there. You know. So and they have the vast networks. Again, I think that's invaluable. 
Right. And to our listener, you know, we, we, if you have a moment, circle back on past episodes where we spoke with some of these business intermediaries like LAEDC, the San Gabriel Valley Economic Partnership, you know, and really, you know, we did a deeper dive on what that engagement or partnership looks like. So I would encourage listeners to go back and, and listen to how the value that it really kind of brings our community colleges. And again, like, you know, earlier you said, well, Salvatrice, part of our role is to take what's happening out there, meaning the pulse of the business community, the pulse of industry, and bring it back to campus so that it influences design around curriculum and it influences design on engagement, programming, et cetera, et cetera. That in itself, I think, brings brings connectivity. It allows us to not only share, but to build new in a way that perhaps may have not been done before. And I really love that. Like, I get really excited about it. I know you're always like, oh my God, stop bringing new projects. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the, that's my excitement, right? I mean, yeah. is making that connection and trying to figure out, can we meet a need? If so, how quick can we meet it? And who do we need at the table to help us? It requires relationships and it requires patience and flexibility and it requires us to learn. And I think this is one of the things we learned over the last couple of years is understand the why of the process and understand the who in the process. We need help and, and it requires those relationships. I would even go as far as saying that relationships also include our other community colleges. Absolutely. I, well, I work in the region with the with the LA nineteen, right? The mm-hmm. whole, all the work that we do around the strong workforce initiatives and the just the regional work, like those relationships are invaluable. Nobody is in, reinventing the wheel here. We're all trying to learn from each other, right? I mean, I think we want we agree that we want Pasadena City College to be number one. I'm just going to say that, but no, we have we have some really valuable partnerships in the region and some amazing colleagues out there who are doing really great work, and we learn from them all the time and. And how many times do we say, well, how are they doing it? How, how is someone doing it? Someone call Mount Sac. Let's reach out to Santa Monica. You know, we, yep. we have great colleagues. We do. You know, working for one of the best institutions in the system. We're really proud of our work. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to speak for you, and then I'm not going to speak for you. I think that Here we're we really Here proud we of the work that we do. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. I think we're really proud, right? I mean, we, we get excited about this work. I No, I am super excited about the work we do. And I think, like me personally, like I've been at PCC a long time. And I love, I love the college. I love the overall goals of the college. I've, I'm just in love with the work that everyone does here. And to now be in a role, and, and this is, you know, I've been, had several positions over the years to now be in a role where I'm doing something that's really close to my heart. Cause I've always been about working and just kind of that whole idea of economic and social mobility for folks. It's been important to me. Community college has changed my life. So to be able to play a role in that now, it is excited. I am, I am proud of the work we're doing. You were born and raised by PCC, weren't you? That's right. I've been here 25 years. I tell people I was a child prodigy when I started because I'm <laughs> still quite young. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been here a long time. So, Leslie, can you share with me a little bit about your journey here, your prodigy of PCC? Tell me, tell me a little bit more. Well, I think one of the, the important things to remember about my story or anybody's story, really, but my story in particular at PCC is it's not unusual at all. I came to community college because I had really no direction. I knew that I wanted to go to school. I knew that I wanted to get a good job. I was seriously looking for some options and mobility. I had no idea what I was doing. So I found myself at PCC after having gotten my GED through what used to be called the Community Skills Center, but 
now it's part of it's the Foothill campus. And I just started taking classes, didn't know what I wanted to do, just wanted to take some classes. I got a job, I was working in the bookstore, so I was working part-time there as a student worker and going to school. And eventually I ended up deciding I was going to transfer. And I did, I transferred to Occidental College for my undergrad. Um, and I came back to PCC, actually. I had came back for a full-time job here uh, in the bookstore. And I've had a few positions here over the years. But the important part is that PCC changed my life. The transformative power of education is something that I talk about a lot, and it's something that's very important to me. And it wasn't just, you know, I came, I took some classes, and I transferred. There was a lot of things that happened, a lot of development, a lot of growth that happened in those in this, you know, several-year period. And I just continued to grow here at PCC, and I, I decided that this was where I was going to make my, my living. Um, I wanted to be on campus. I wanted to be around students. But it's not an unusual story. I came here trying to find myself and trying to figure out how I was going to find a job and, and learn new things at the same time and, and basically make money, right, and, and do better than my parents did. That was the goal. That was their goal. That was my goal. Um, and I think that's the goal of a lot of students. A lot of our students are in the same situation. So that's why I'm kind of drawn to this work. Like, how do we get folks through? There's a lot of things that I know now that I wish I had known 25 years ago, particularly around like certain CTE programming and options and paths. Like I didn't know that I could have taken a certificate program, gotten out in a short amount of time and made a really good living wage. I didn't know that then. I thought I had to white knuckle it all the way through. And I did. And I did the, the traditional path and I went to a liberal arts college and I got a BA and then, then I went out and I got my master's degree. I did all the things. But, um, you know, I was definitely one of those students who could have benefited from a number of the great services and programs that we offer our students now. And I really wish I had known then what I know now. And that's the beat. That's the magic right there. That's why I think, not I think, I know that we are, we are at an advantage or we, maybe the advantage is the wrong word, but that's where the influence comes from because you're able to see through the lens of a student, through the lens of a faculty member, through the lens of a community member through the lens of an employer because you've walked those journeys. And so when we talk about design, we are designing through those lens. And it's not just a narrow focused approach, but rather we're taking everyone's perspective on this work. And that's why I just, you know, your story, your journey helps in that. And I think that's why you're so great at what you do is because you've walked, you've walked it, you've walked it, you've done it, you've grown from it and you share keyword, you share. And this is like, in my humble opinion, like when you tell me your stories, you sharing them is what creates momentum is what creates change. And I thank you. I really thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Been here a long time. I love PCC. Leslie, if you could, if you had a crystal ball, <laughs> Let me shine it up. I got him shining it up. Go. What are you seeing us evolving into in the future as a division? So 2021, for sure. Um, if I were going to like look at my crystal ball, I would say that we're going to continue to grow and expand programming across pillars and that we're going to be emphasizing our work with workforce training and getting that where we want it to be in the coming year. That's something that, you know, we're going to need the support of, you know, the college and all the different departments that we engage with. We're going to need the support of the biz local businesses to, to help us out. I think that we're going to have a lot of opportunity around the 
still being in the middle of a pandemic and then kind of the slow recovery, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us there. And I'm excited about exploring that. I'm also excited about being intentional in our programming across all pillars, especially just EWD proper, like making sure that we're intentional in our programming so that we're supporting the goals of the college around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Also engaging in the important dialogue around barriers that exist within the workforce development ecosystem itself. Like how are we part of the solution and how are we part of the problem? And honest dialogue and reflection on that. We should be working to eliminate as many barriers as we are providing opportunities. I think that's the, the heart of the work of EWD, frankly. That's my view. That's my crystal ball. What do you think? Yes, I would say yes, indeed. I would underscore all of that. And I could even hear you tapping your fingers on your desk because you're getting all worked up about it. And I could hear you. Oh, was I tapping? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I get it's, a, it, you know, you're having a natural reaction to the excitement and the passion that 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 comes with this work. And I agree with you completely. I underscore all of it. I'm really excited about it. We actually have an episode coming up with Dr. Carrie Bolin, yes. our chief diversity officer, right? I'm excited about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was, it's kickstarting what you just said is in our crystal ball for 2021. So thank you. If we were to ask our listener how to engage with you in your area and with PCC. Well, so I would say it depends largely on, on who the listener is and what they are about. If you are a student listening, I would encourage you to engage with us around any programming that we offer that is student-centered and uh, particularly around career development. If this was a business listening, I would say, let us train you. What do you need? Talk to us. We're open. We want to talk. We want to know. If this is faculty, we want to partner with you. What do you need? How can we help you? Really, it depends on, on what what arena the listener is working in but the the key point is that we're here to listen and we're here to help because that's that's a key part of what we do here in ewd is listen so that we can inform on the other side so we i see us as this bubble in between as you said earlier inward facing and outward facing so we're here to listen so how would they engage with us talk to us reach out hit us up on social media listen to the podcast look for our pulse newsletter email us we're on the website Check us out, check it at pasadena.edu, look up economic workforce development. We are accessible and we want to hear from you. So I would say just engage. How can we help? Perfect. Thank you so much. And uh, I think uh, Thank you. you and I both need to get back to work. So, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, we yeah. are on campus today, so we might as well. We are on sure. campus. We have a lot of things to do. We've got a big, huge yeah. to-do list. Let's get busy. Yeah, let's get busy. Let's, let's, uh, let's rock and roll. We are here to serve. Leslie just shared with you how you can best connect with us, please do. We're here to help. We're here to serve our community. We look forward to the next episode of Future of Work. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast presented by Pasadena City College. If you'd like to get involved and have resources to share or be a guest on the show, you can find a link to our webpage to reach out to us in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tell us your thoughts about the show. This helps more people like you discover the podcast and you can look forward to new episodes every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.